and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I'm Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Uh, we are joined by a very large um, St. Bernard who may, you know, join us in recording. Um, I was just saying, like, I, one, I'm later than I usually am, and whenever you watch this, it won't make any difference. Um, but also, like, just reorienting to a new space. I haven't done it in like several months. And so um, I'm house sitting and dog sitting for a friend and like time moves weird <laughs> now. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just running late. It's fine. Uh, late is relative. So um, I had a topic in mind that had been coming up uh, for the last week. And that's usually kind of how the topics come up is, you know, either something that I'm writing about or something that I'm experiencing. And so, um, in coming back and, you know, finishing the writing, um, and then just like having the workshops and talking to people, what I started to notice is, um, this idea of emotional availability and vulnerability. And I've talked about the, about vulnerability in the past. There's a really good podcast on it. It was one of our first ones, um, when Kat and I were recording together. We talked about vulnerability and how that's super challenging. But one of the things that I have started to recognize, especially now doing the work that I've done, especially by myself, is I, it was easy to be emotionally vulnerable and raw when it was just me. And I was kind of unearthing all these things and really processing um, my own awareness of codependency and how that worked out. And so yeah, being emotionally vulnerable and being emotionally present with myself, super easy to do because it's just me. Um, and, and really recognizing that that's something that is a muscle that I hadn't really practiced. Um, but I do recognize now, especially being back in an old environment um, with old relationships and uh, people that I've been in relationship with before, uh, it's, it's different. <laughs> um, and being emotionally vulnerable is, you know, being that soft, sweet, sensitive part of yourself when you are loving yourself from a loving, better perspective, seeing all of your parts at the same time. Um, and certainly with compassion and grace, right? When we are in relationship with other people from that perspective of codependency, we are coming at it from this um, safety and security perspective, right? We want to hold on to the relationships that we're having and we want to feel safe in them especially if there's like trauma or chaos or whatever. Consequently, we're not feeling or allowing ourselves to feel our feelings. Um, we're just like, I'll just deal with that later. Um, and certainly the people that we're in relationship with that we want to continue having that acceptance, validation and love from, um, you know, we don't want to do anything to like rock that boat or change that uh, dynamic. And so it takes an, what it does, and we've talked about walls before, is, is we start to build these walls of security and safety for ourselves um, so that we don't get hurt emotionally. Now, some of us have been hurt physically and all the things, but really thinking about that idea of keeping yourself safe and then also getting in the box like we talked about last time. So we create these, these barriers from being connected, um, even though that's our goal, like that's what we want more than anything else. And so being vulnerable and being emotionally available then becomes stunted by those walls or by those barriers. 
what I was paying attention to is uh, a lot of people have come kind of back into my life since I've been back in town. And um, obviously they don't know this version of me that's like gone away and had all these experiences, done all these things. What I started to recognize is they don't really know who I am. Um, and so when we talk about, you know, loving better and, and really feeling that unconditional love of seeing all your parts at the same time, I didn't let a lot of people see my parts. Um, in fact, very few people. Uh, and, and as I look at it now, there's like maybe a handful of humans um, who really know, one, this version of me, and two, know significant things about me. Um, I talked about on TikTok earlier this week that, um, you know, with clients, it's really easy to be compartmentalized because it's not about me, it's about them. And so, you know, I can, I can be present and hold space for them to be emotionally um, vulnerable. But for me, um, I don't, I don't, there's not a lot of people I do that with. Uh, and so, like I said, when I was traveling, it was easy because it was just me. Um, but it's, uh, it's something to consider that when we grow up with these codependent ideas of like, I'm going to do anything to get this validation, acceptance, and approval from other people. Um, that means I'm going to hide certain parts of myself or not allow, you know, these people that I want to be in a relationship with, uh, I'm not going to allow them to see those things because uh, they might not like it. Um, and you're not even sure, like, if you like it. So, you know, thinking about that self-love perspective is if we are not looking at our whole selves, we're not even being emotionally vulnerable and available to ourselves. And so it's really difficult then to connect with another person in a genuine way, even if we're holding space for them, but we're not allowing ourselves to be seen in that way. Um, so, it, you know, this idea of like having all these walls and barriers is very different than having healthy boundaries and being able to communicate your needs. A lot of times we don't even, especially when we haven't started doing the work, we don't even recognize we have needs. Or if we do, we're just going to meet them ourselves. And so, again, we're, we're creating disconnect when our goal is to connect. We are creating this space of, um, well, I don't want people to see me and I don't want people to know all my stuff because, you know, I don't really like all the things that are part of who I am. When you start to do the work of, like, recognizing, you know, those parts of yourself that are incongruent with your goal, um, and starting to like integrate them and be accepting of them and recognize where they came from and healing all of those things, then the walls will, with work, come down if you allow that to happen. So um, in editing and, and writing the essays, really recognizing, okay, so now if our goal is to have healthy, consistent relationships that are congruent with our goal, uh, we're going to have to be emotionally vulnerable. We're going to have to open up and talk about our resentments, our expectations, um, our feelings, and share that in a way with hopefully someone who is receptive to doing that. A lot of times, um, if people have gotten used to the version of you that doesn't have those experiences, that might be challenging. Um, so really thinking about People who've been in your life for a long time have never maybe seen you or heard you talk about your emotional availability or vulnerability, talking about how it really hurts my feelings or I feel overwhelmed or frustrated or whatever. Maybe they're used to us reacting 
and not really communicating where that reaction is coming from. That takes a level of vulnerability that a lot of people are unwilling to share, even with the people closest to them. So when you start to, you know, recognize one, I have feelings, two, I have needs, three, I, nobody else can like read my mind. I'm going to have to say these words. Um, it's going to take some practice to um, even acknowledge, like uh, I think I've mentioned before, like my daughter and I talk about our level of anxiety uh, before having an interaction. Um, she's coming home from work or I'm coming home from, you know, from seeing clients or whatever. Um, or even like first thing in the morning, you know, really kind of gauging where you're at in, on your anxiety scale of one to 10, uh, 10 being panic attack, one being basically dead. Uh, <laughs> maybe respiratory activity, but a level of anxiety is, is a, like a three is pretty neutral. Um, I call it use stress, like the, the motivation to like get up and do stuff. Five is kind of average. Like you might be a little in your head thinking about things. Um, anything seven or above is, is pretty activated. And so really recognizing when we're having interactions with people, especially if we're feeling reactive, um, or angry or frustrated or overwhelmed, letting our, our people, the people closest to us know that that's happening. Hey, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm feeling really frustrated about this thing. Um, we may not know in the moment that that's happening, but when we have someone who is able to kind of hold space for us and recognize that was a spicy moment, like what's going on with you? Um, and it comes from a place of curiosity and not judgment. That's that's a person you can be emotionally you know vulnerable with and um, and available to communicate those things. Um, really thinking about the people in your closest circle uh, who know actual things about you. Um, you know, not just like what you do or who you're in relationship with or um, you know how much money you make or whatever. Like people who really know things. Um, Brene Brown talks about vulnerability, um, and she shared a, a story about her daughter, um, and they talk about the, the uh, trust jar uh, and adding marbles to the jar, taking marbles out. Um, so there's a level of trust that comes from being able to share those intimate parts of ourselves um, in a non-physical way that people remember and really acknowledge and hold space of acceptance for. And when you start to think about the people that you're in relationship with and how you hold space for them and you know, you know, who their grandma is or, um, you know, that they have a rough time around June or whatever it is, like when you recognize that there are people in your life that you know a lot of things about and then, you know, look if that's reciprocal and are there people in your life who know those things about you, who you're willing to share you know, those intimate parts and then be emotionally vulnerable and available about that. Um, I am the kind of person, or I have been, I'm working on being a different kind of person, um, but in the past, I would avoid answering questions about myself. Um, and certainly in session, like, that's normal, but, I mean, even in, like, dating or relationships, uh, I'm really good at going, tell me about you, like, what's going on in your life? I could categorize and, and learn everything about another person for the most part, um, without sharing a whole lot about myself. 
Um, and that's something I'm working on. But when I really think about it now, like I said, there's like a handful of people that know intimate parts about me. And so what I want you to start to think about and really consider is of the people in your life, who are the ones that actually know this present current version of you? You know, they are aware of your struggles. They're aware of um, your relationship stuff. They're aware of the work that you're doing on yourself. Like how many people are there that know those things? Or that you have shared, you know, that level of vulnerability with. Um, because as you do continue to work on healing these parts of yourself, there will be people who maybe don't understand what that looks like or how that works. And that's fine. They don't have to understand it all the time. But it is something to consider that are you allowing yourself to be emotionally available in that way? So, like I was talking about, you know, we start to do this work of healing, we start to be accepting of ourselves, we start to continue this um, exploration of where our behaviors, where our anxieties, where our fears, all of those things come from. And as we do, accepting them for ourselves, and then being willing to share that with the people closest to you, who come to you with curiosity, and, you know, recognize, you know, there's something different about you. I think I talked about that last time, um, water, that there was someone who had been in my life for a long time and, uh, and they kept saying like, there's just something different. Like, I'm just making sure you're okay. Um, and I'm, and I am okay. Um, but really acknowledging that, yes, yes, I'm different. Yes, things are different. And the way that I process is different and the kinds of relationships I want to have is different. Um, and there's some people who just aren't aren't down to see that. Um, I think about parents a lot, both mine and other people's, and then people who are parents, um, and recognizing that people who, and there are people who are loved well and, you know, in an unconditional accepting way, um, and they still have codependency. And part of that is, you know, when you're loved really well and accepted wholeheartedly, all your parts at the same time, um, you have to go out into the world where that's not the case, where not everybody was raised the way you were raised, where everybody, not everybody had that same level of acceptance and, um, you know, uh, value in who you are as a human being. And so I think in the, in the vulnerability uh, podcast that I had done, you know, years ago, I talked about the idea of being a parent and releasing, you know, a part of your heart out into the world and the most challenging piece being the hope that people will treat your, you know, precious human being uh, with the same respect and love that you do. That is a level of vulnerability that is very, very challenging. Um, and so I, I recognize that now, as I love myself in this version of me, putting me out there in the world, hoping that people will see, accept, and love it has been a little difficult. Um, and then as a parent, um, you know, I, it, it was my job not to burden my daughter with my, my own stuff, you know, um, and, and certainly not in like a, you know, talking about it and processing it with her kind of way, but even acknowledging that I had it, our jobs as parents is to be strong and capable and fearless to a certain extent, um, doing something that's, that's really actually fear inducing, 
because again, like we're, we're putting our whole human out there and now that's a level of vulnerability that we are not used to or accustomed to. Um, and as, as I'm talking now, I think about, you know, my adult daughter and our relationship dynamic. She's not ever seen this version of me that is vulnerable and um, emotional and um, I'm trying not to say the word weak. <laughs> Uh, but that is something that um, that I feel oftentimes. And so there's there's a level of understanding that she either has or doesn't have, have based on the, her experience of this version of me. Um, and so that's that's the part where we start to think about, you know, okay, we've done all this work of awareness. We have started to learn the the way to set boundaries. We are working on communication skills and you know, setting reasonable expectations and having a level of detachment. Um, we are recognizing that we have accepted those parts of ourselves that are maybe not the greatest, um, but we accept them with like love and, and vulnerability and, and all of those things. All of that is great in here. Now it's a matter of like going out there into the world and processing that with someone else. Um, and so thinking about the people closest to you who automatically will come in with curiosity and say like, hey, what's going on with you? Or, or how are you feeling? Or where's your head today? Um, those are the people that you're, you're gonna be more inclined to share things with. Um, and even if it's uncomfortable, just having that willingness to like sit and be in the space of vulnerability and sharing with the expectation that they're just, going to be curious. You don't have to do anything, um, anything extra. And so coming into the, to that curiosity with yourself is going to be part of that process. Um, the other piece of it is accepting your own fallibility, right? Recognizing that I'm not going to do it perfect all the time. I'm definitely going to have moments where I am overly reactive. Um, it is a long held Martinez Pacheco uh, tradition to overreact first and then come down to a calm place uh, <laughs> and be able to process from a rational, like all encompassing perspective. Uh, but it is our, it is, that's what we do. We react, we overreact first and then we come down to like, okay, now tell me all the facts and things. Um, my mom does it. My sisters do it. Uh, I think my brother does it. That's probably what we've been doing for a long time. And even now, like, it's still a thing that I recognize I do. And, you know, I'm like, the sky is falling. And then I'm like, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Um, and I, I can problem solve my way through it. So that's kind of where my head was at thinking about this idea or this topic. Um, also thinking about, like, people have a type. And when they are, you know interacting in a, in a romantic way or, or having even just people around them, right? And so if someone mirrors that um, emotional model that you're used to, um, even if it's not the healthiest, it feels very familiar. And so for me, um, you know, my, my parents were emotionally unavailable. Uh, they were big and reactive, um, but didn't really have the space, you know, to, to process other people's feelings because um, they're processing their own, which is fine. Uh, 
but I do recognize that a lot of times I have chosen people in my life who mirror that because it feels familiar. And I know how to do that from a codependency place. I'm like, that's something I'm familiar with. That's something I, I'm used to seeing. And so now I can just go in and react and behave the way have, I've always done. Um, you know, putting myself in a box or not expressing myself, um, making myself really small, but it looks, it looks familiar. So if it looks familiar and it feels familiar, it's something we're going to seek out or do. Um, and it might not even be that we're aware of it until after we kind of step away or talk with our accountability buddy or have somebody else point out, you know, this, this pattern looks familiar. Um, and so it pulls on an old version of ourselves to interact in that way. It is an opportunity for us to, I'm excited too. Um, it is an opportunity for us to recognize, okay, here's a pattern I'm familiar with. And why does that feel so comfortable? Why does that feel like, you know, I'm pulled into old patterns and is this the best of where I want to be and who I, who I want to be right now, right? Does it fit for what I'm trying to accomplish? And oftentimes, like I talk about all the time, like our goal for these kinds of behaviors is to create connection, is to have relationship. And so is it a genuine connection if you're holding parts of yourself back or if you are maybe avoiding saying certain things or doing certain behavior to maintain the peace in the relationship without being vulnerable enough to say, that's not really what I agree with, or I don't really like it when this happens. Um, and then seeing what the reaction is of the other person. Uh, a lot of times, Tedesa and I talk about, you know, this experience that happened in Rome where um, I get really anxious on travel days and we were going to head out to Barcelona and I I was talking about getting, you know, the the car uh, ordered the night the night before and um, what time we needed to be at the airport and those kinds of things. And uh, and she had noticed that I, you know, I get a little jiggity on travel days. Um, and so rather than kind of jumping in with the same energy that I had, she said, you know, I I am curious. This is the thing that I noticed. Um, and she had checked in with herself and said, like do I need to be anxious about this? Or is this something I need to worry about? Um, and so when she came to me with that, she said, this is what I noticed. Um, this is a pattern. I'm just with curiosity. Tell me what that feels like. And it was so helpful because, you know, she was able to see that I was distressed. She was able not to get into the same energy with me. She was not able to, did not react to my, you know, tone or spiciness. And then, um, you know, asked if I needed support. And that was so, it was such a beautiful moment. And we talk about it a lot because, you know, that's kind of the way that we want to interact with other people from that interdependent place. As she was taking care of her needs, I was taking care of my own. And she just checked in and said, hey, how, how I noticed this is a thing. Is there something I can do to help support you? And so then I was able to kind of look at my own behavior and recognize I do get really anxious on travel days um, and it's mine to manage and I did appreciate the support. And then I was either able to ask for something or just be grateful that there was another adult there to be able to kind of process and do that with me. Um, I was talking to another friend uh, and I was really telling her like, you know, super proud of her as a parent. She has two really great, amazing uh, young adult daughters and um, adolescent and young adult. Um, 
but she's done such a tremendous job. And I've been, um, you know, I've been around for the last 10 years to kind of watch them grow up and do all the things. Um, and I do recognize, like, I know her family and, and I said, you know, your parents were a beautiful model of unconditional love and acceptance and, you know, have kind of always been just incredibly supportive. And she said, yes, and it's a lot of responsibility. And I thought about that, like really recognizing, so you have this like perfect or not perfect, but you have this really wonderful model of acceptance and love and validation and support. And then you got to go out into the world where that's not necessarily the case. And then you have to hold yourself to that same uh, expectation that this, if this is the, the top, you know, I got to do that all the time. Um, it is a lot of responsibility and I can imagine it adds a lot of pressure um, because we give ourselves pressure, right? We want, we want people to behave in the way that what feels the best and looks the best. Um, and we don't all don't always know how to do that. Oftentimes we want to do better than what our parents did. And um, again, a lot of responsibility, a lot of expectation when our parents are good at modeling healthy conflict, communication, um, expectations, uh, support, and owning with accountability. That was not my best moment, and I'm going to work on doing it differently. Like, that's an opportunity to also see them as human beings and then recognize that, you know, the, their own acceptance, validation, and love is something that they have to manage, and it's not up to you to have to do that. And as things shift, really, when, you know, when we go from children – or dependent on our parents to um, adolescents where we don't want anything to do with them to adults where, you know, at some point you, you know, meet up as peers. Um, hopefully, you know, if, if you're doing your part to like meet your responsibilities and do all the things um, and, and then it, you know, shifts again in, into that, you know, slipping generation of like um, older adulthood and, they start to decline and then you become like the responsible one. That's, it's a whole, it's a whole shift in dynamic uh, that adds another layer of vulnerability for adult parents, um, parents of adult children to hold and, and practice that relationship with each other. So anyway, that's where my head was today. Um, I'm going to end a little early because I've got to head out and do some other things, but Hopefully that was a nugget of information that will spark some conversation for you. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at um, lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. I do have a workshop coming up on the 17th, uh, which is a Saturday at Discovering Greatness at 10 a.m. If you want to come in, there are a few seats left. Um, people are signing up now. And um, if you have any topics or anything you'd like to hear on the podcast, let me know. I'll be back next Friday and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right, ending the video and then ending um, the recording on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, kind of all over the place today, but hopefully we kept it co cohesive. Um, if you want to hear anything else, like I said, reach out lx2.cod.coach. Thank you to all of my listeners all over um, North Carolina. You're doing it again, right up there with New Mexico, which I love. Um, we've got Texas, California, um, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Amazing. So thank you again for listening. If there's anything you'd like to hear uh, specifically 
uh, topic-wise, let me know, and I will talk to you soon.